Hi everyone, this is a Barclay Damon Live broadcast where we discuss all things L&E, labor and employment. I'm Ari, let's dig in. Hey everyone, welcome to Can I Ask That Job Postings and Applications. This is the first episode of a three-piece segment where we tell you what you need to know, what questions you can and can't ask of prospective employees or applicants on job postings, applications, and in employee interviews. I am thrilled to announce that Scott Rogoff, a partner in our Rochester office, is going to be joining us for this segment, so for the next couple episodes. Scott is a seasoned labor and employment attorney. He's been with the firm for years, and he is also the chair of our hotels, hospitality, and food services group. Scott, welcome. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us, Scott. Um, So I'm sure you probably have watched or listened to some of our episodes. And one of the first things we do is kind of like an icebreaker moment. So, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot to just tell us something fun or interesting about you, a hobby, or it could be a professional fact, just something so we get to know you. (laughs) Well, what I'm going to tell you is something I may not be happy that you get to know me by, but <laughs> I, uh, I actually drove the wrong way in a presidential motorcade. So uh, when I was 23 years old, I volunteered on a political campaign. I won't tell you who it is because I don't want to age my own self. But, um, and there was a very small contingency. So I was asked to drive the press van in a presidential motorcade. Oh my and gosh. We do a sp- stoplight. And I swore that my instructions were to go left towards the airport. But everybody else in front of me was going to the right towards the hotel. But I'm an independent thinker and I don't bow to conformity. So I went to the left. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Secret Service people came forward, jumped out, where are you going? Pulled me over and kicked me out and made me walk. Now, this was way before 9-11, so there was no federal <laughs> charges. This was in the ni- early 90s, so I kind of figured out. But yeah, so I, I have the distinction of driving the wrong way in a presidential motorcade. Um, that is not, <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> yeah. So um, bravo, but sounds very interesting and also simultaneously scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was pretty scared, too, but uh, <laughs> and I had to walk all the way back. That was the worst part of it. Yes, but it wasn't. It wasn't a large area. It was a small island in South Carolina where I was living at the time. Got it. Well, thanks for sharing, Scott. That is sure. something I definitely did not know about you, but <laughs> I'm glad now that I know. <laughs> so let's dig right into it, guys. You know, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, you know, this is a, a three-part segment where basically we're telling you the ins and outs of what is permissible and impermissible in the context of questions on job applications for job postings and for uh, employee or prospective employee interviews. So a lot to get through today. Scott, just to kind of lay the groundwork, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners are employers or, you know, managers or, or in the space. So they're pretty familiar. But when an employer is looking at their job application or preparing to conduct an interview, there are a lot of laws at play. <laughs> Can you kind of give us a, a bit of a primer on what we're going to be talking about today? Sure, sure. So what you have to be concerned about when you even from the beginning, when you post a job, let alone when you invite somebody in for an interview, uh, there are various protected classes, both under state law here in New York um, and also under federal law. So just to give you a a broad uh, uh, range of them, there are protected classes such as race, sex, disability, age, family status, um, uh, military status, 
predisposing genetic status. So in other words, if, if uh, a particular illness or a disease runs in your family and you disclose that, the employer can't discriminate against you thinking, oh, well, since it runs in your family, this person might get it too, so we're not going to hire them. So there's a whole host of, of protected classes, um, including so just you know, some more, more, ten, more recent ones, um, conviction record, you know, arrest yep. record, um, let's see, marijuana now is, is a relatively new one. So there's a whole panoply of protected classes that come into play here that employers have to be cognizant, cognizant of when they're conducting interviews. Yeah, and we're definitely going to get into all of those that you mentioned, Scott. And, you know, the aim is really to prevent claims of unlawful discrimination in hiring and interviewing. That's really what I think we're here to talk about today. Right. Yeah, because if, if something goes wrong and let's say somebody who is in one or more of these protected classes does not get the job and they follow up with you, they can and if they obviously if they file suit or they bring a claim before the State Division of Human Rights or the EEOC, the those agencies are gonna ask you for any notes, you know, why did you make your determination? And the employer's gonna have to show an objective basis why they went with one candidate over another candidate. And if there's any even remote suggestion that a protected class was one or more of the reasons why the applicant did not get the job, then the employer could be subject to liability, including damages that could be uh, offering the person the or making the, the individual uh, receive the job, um, other what we call injunctive relief, so they can make you put posters up and training and all those sorts of things. But obviously it can hit you in the pocketbook. So we want to make sure that employers know what they can ask, what they can't ask. And when they make determinations as to who's going to be hired, it's based on an objective basis, having nothing to do with an individual's protected class. Exactly. All good points, Scott. So I think the best way to do this is just kind of jump into some of those protected classes. And I think, you know, we'll start with the easy ones. So you know, race, for example, pretty straightforward. Don't ask about this on employment applications. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I, I have not seen any that say, please disclose what race yes. you are. Now, having said that, and all kidding aside, you know, depending on the employer, some employers are required to keep track of race. Yes. Um, one or some housing um, employers, you know, have to keep track of that information. So, you may need it at some point down the road, but obviously that's not something to inquire, nor if you're not sure. So let's say you interview somebody and they come in, don't ask, geez, I can't really tell from the color of your skin. Are you a member of a particular race? It's, it's not relevant to the, uh, the job qualifications and it shouldn't be asked at all, period. Exactly. Let's talk a, a little bit more about these couple other preliminary ones that are a little less complicated, Scott. So what about gender or sex? So it's the same thing with, with an exception. There are some uh, situations that's called, a, uh, I think it's called a bona fide, qualified, bon I, I forget the language, but it's, it's a bona fide exception. And basically what it means is, let's say it's a healthcare setting. Um, and it, I think it applies to gender only. And if a position is, say, bathing one particular sex, 
there can be, depending on the circumstances, but there can be a situation where only someone of the same sex would be hired. Those are, exceptions are very far and few between. Um, I strongly suggest if, if you're considering that, any of the employers listening to the podcast, get legal counsel's advice on it. But there are some limited situations where we've seen where that can, that can be a, a, genuine, a genuine reason. Other than that, it should have no bearing whatsoever. Um, uh, the sex or of, of a person or gender of a person. We also know that sex and gender can be fluid. It may not be uh, exactly. uh, constant throughout the entire course of employment. So I just, I'm just i just trying to think, Ari, of any reason why someone in uh, an employer would want to ask those questions. And I can't think of a good one other than, again, those very unique circumstances where it's important that the same sex provides a, ser- a service to a same-sex recipient. Yes, the bona fide occupational qualification, I think, is Thank what it's called. Bona fide <laughs> occupational exception. Okay. Yes. I knew, I knew what bona fide was in there. I knew it. So. <laughs> yeah, you were. You had it. Was, <laughs> we're just mincing words at this point, Scott. Yeah, so. <laughs> the point is, don't do it unless you have a really good reason. Yes. And even then, ask your attorney. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. So I want to transition, Scott, and just hit really quickly, you know, age-related questions. What you can ask, what you can ask. So, you know, just to get the conversation started on this topic, mm-hmm. is it advisable to ask an applicant for their date of birth on an application? No, no. Uh, it, now, technically, it's not illegal. Like there are certain questions that we'll probably get into a little late, later, like disability. You can't ask somebody, do you have a disability? You can't ask a general question about medical condition. On age, there really is no per se prohibition. How old are you? But you open yourself as an employer up to potential claims if you do ask that question. Now, you can certainly say, "Are you of legal age?" You know, you, you must. Are you be, eighteen or older? Right. Like that's or, or depending on the situation, you could be up to I think 15, 16, and seventeen with proper working papers. So you can certainly ask those sorts of questions, but. Um, beyond that, it's not at all advisable to an, ask an applicant about their age. Now, perhaps in the applic- uh, uh, the onboarding process, you're probably going to need to know that because there's forms they're going to have to yes. fill out for health insurance or whatever. But by that time, you, you've already made your determination. So I would strongly suggest uh, in the interview and in the application process, there is no question made of an applicant uh, or an interviewee. How old are you? Yes. I think, a lot, you know, I've gotten this question before, and I've seen a lot of applications that say, you know, list the schools you graduated from and when you graduated from them. And I feel like we're also kind of shying away from providing the graduation date as well. Yeah, like I say, if, if they volunteer it on a resume or an application, you deal with it. And we can talk about ways to, to deal with information that's voluntarily disclosed to you that you didn't ask for. We can talk about that a little later. But but um, other than that, you really don't need to ask, you know, when did you go to such and such college? When did you attend that? Now, you can certainly ask about experience and educational experience. Yes. You know, tell me a little bit about where you went to school or, or, you know, hopefully you'll have their resume or application ahead of time and you'll already know that. So you'll pick one out. Gee, I see that you went to the University of Blank. Can you talk a little bit about some of the activities that you were involved in or in the same thing with work history i see that you were at such and such a company for several years can you tell me a little bit about what you did over there that's fine but that's a far cry from how old are you you know what were the dates of of education what were the dates of your first job you you can get the information a different way 
Good point, Scott. So I think we talked about, you know, race, religion, age. Let's talk a little bit about some questions that we see on applications 